Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey guys, this is Marshall from Loveland, Ohio. Uh, I just wanted to call in for a listener request. Um, you guys could do Snatch. It's uh, one of uh, my favorite Guy Ritchie movies. Um, love to hear it. Love the show. Thanks so much, guys. And uh, looking forward to hearing some more soon. Bye. Welcome back to Cinema Cult Network. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. And we are continuing our listener request month. And this is from Marshall, as you heard. He wanted to, he wanted to hear us talk about the movie Snatch from 2001. Did we just talk? You we really just asked I us. already met. 2000. <laughs> the audience didn't hear that. 2000. Oh, cool. Start, so. start over. Start over. Yeah, three, two, one. Start over. Yeah, start over. Um, yeah. Um, so Marshall requested Snatch. I have seen before I watched it for the podcast, like maybe half of it. That's my, and I turned it off because I did not like it. I've seen this like um, 250,000 times. Okay. So we know how really? likes it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this a lot of times. This is okay. my second viewing of this movie. Do I like it today? I guess you'll have to stay oh. tuned for the podcast. <sighs> oh man. Will, will he like it tomorrow is the real question. When I watch it for the 250,000th and one time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, and Matt, you said you've seen it twice now? Yeah, the last time I watched this was like early 2000s because I watched this like a week after I watched uh, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels. Okay. You're a, yeah. you're a wee, wee lad uh, when, you, when you saw this back in 2000. Yeah, yeah you were probably like 38. Probably like 15, I was probably like 15 or 16 when I saw this. So. Okay. So it was like, I think it was like 2005. I don't know. I'm ballparking. Cool. Early two oh, thousands, they're a blur, you know. You got, you <laughs> yeah, got, you got a nice order. You went to the, the theater. You got your a, a nice order of fish and chips, and you uh, went and saw Snatch. Oh, that's insensitive, you Honto. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a that's a dish over that's in the UK. Cult- culturally insensitive of you, Honto. <laughs> well put. Cool. <laughs> uh, speaking so of which, go- can anybody oh. understand anything in this movie? I watched we'll it with there. subtitles on. About it. Yeah. All right, so really quick, let me ask that then. Did you watch the movie with subtitles on? Yeah. I just yes. said okay. I watched right. it with subtitles on. <laughs> Chris? Okay. I said, yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a <laughs> riveting conversation. Yeah. What? Yes or no? Did you like, you said just a yes? I said yes. You said yes yeah. like three times and you kept that. Cool. I did say yes. Like, let's, get to the, let's get to the fucking Rotten Tomatoes score. What do we got? Who wants to guess? <laughs> Oh, I think sixty-five percent. Man, he's he's so upset that he's gonna get all these wrong in a few seconds. Dude, Matt's like roided out right now. He's got his cut off uh, t-shirt. Oh, like, let's go, he's, got little, he's got a little mustache. He's got a little mustache going on. Come on, guys, let's talk about Snatch already. <laughs> Just get right. to it. Okay, what do you Snatch. guys think it made domestically? Sorry, go ahead. I'm being a dick. I'm being a dick. All right, so 2003 Snatch. What does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> start off with you. Uh, okay, Matt. Okay, Matt wants to start. Matt, go ahead. No, forty-five percent. I said it. Forty-five percent. It's got a. Uh, it's got a sixty-two percent on Rotten Tees. 
and has a 74% on RTs. Really? So, and how much was the budget? Well, it sounds like Matt was getting his personal score for that uh, Rotten Tomato score. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about Um, that. Guy Ritchie's Snatch. What was the budget for this film? Hanto, I'll start off with you. Uh, 50, 50 million. Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen million. Hanto, did you say 50? Uh, 15 million. Uh, you're a liar. You said 50. I said 15. You said 50. No, I didn't. Yeah, go back and yeah, listen. Did he Hanto say 50? Hanto go, said back 50. And, go back and listen to the cassette uh, after this podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, so Hanta, you were way off. The budget was 10 million. Oh, oh, so. I'm, I was only five million off then, so sure. Um, Liar. Liar. <laughs> um, and how much did this make? We do have both domestic and international. Um, how much did this make how much did this make domestically on um on the money? Oh, that sounds about oh, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh 50 million. <laughs> Okay, Matt? Uh, seven, no. I'll say 60 million. $30 million. Okay. Oh, wow. And how much did it make internationally? Actually, let's do worldwide. What did it make around the world? We have 30 million in America. Worldwide, it made Matt go. 60. It made Ma- okay. 62 million. 83 million. Wow. So, wow. Um, Hanta, you won both those. Say, Wow. Yeah. Are you upset now, Matt? No. Okay. Um, so it's safe to say this was a hit based on a $10 million budget, making 83 worldwide. That's pretty solid. Uh, Hanto, why don't you take us to the casting crew oh, of 2009 hey. Snatch? What do you got? What hold do you got, up, Matt? What's your, what's, what about Ron Tomato? What do you got here? Here's Did you guys question. watch it with subtitles? <laughs> this is the first time I think we've covered it. Since we've been doing Rotten Tomatoes, this is the first time I think we've covered a movie that was released in a different country so when you say domestically are you meaning domestically here that's how I was domestically yeah and how much over how much did England. it make uh in quid rather than usds yeah oh i, I G- that's too much GP, for me. Or gbp um, yeah um actually i did have that um six million gbp okay so, it means- so i didn't have that written down wow wait okay don't do, don't so, yeah, bother made, doing the conversion. You don't know it. <laughs> so it made it. It made more here than it made over in England. I mean, yeah, probably, yeah, I don't no, know what no. the I don't know what the rate the rate was no. at, at the, the conversion rate. I think it's the conversion rate is like it's not. I mean, you yes, I can say by if it made six million, yeah, to thirty million, yeah, the the U.S. it made more. Okay. Like okay. just, I mean, but I don't know I the conversion the, rate, but I, I know it's not that far off. I have the conversion numbers. So domestically in the U.S., domestic for us, thirty million, mm. and internationally it made fifty-three. Huh? That's not what I'm asking. Oh, you're asking me something? Did you not follow any of the things we just talked about? Is domestic mean yeah. UK? Yeah. yeah, I just said it. Domestic is us. This oh, okay. is an American brand okay. thing. Then no. This website. The answer yeah. was no. Hanto asked you, is it UK? And you said, yes. I mean, you're like, yes, us. <laughs> the US or us? What are you saying? Matt, if it's your goal to make me cry on this podcast, you're getting pretty close. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. All right. Hanto. I'm asking. Oh, there's more? 
Ask I know, Matt, I actually do know what you're trying to ask because I was yes. I was thinking the I was thinking the same thing. But we can Hanto like, was okay. asking the same thing as me. Ask me the question only using okay. four words. Four words. Go. Uh you... that's one. <laughs> Wait, don't use that. Uh, oh, that's it. You're all done. <laughs> uh, UK theater money only. <laughs> 53 million. Yeah, but is that USDs or is that uh, GBP? That is that is US dollars. Okay, okay. Fifty three okay. million. Okay. You so, said internationally. That means worldwide. Yes, no, it doesn't. Worldwide means worldwide. International means away from domestic. Us. God, okay. we sound like the imagine. Biggest, we sound like the biggest fucking idiots right now. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and his his tear making questions. Hanto, no, I, we. This, Go ahead. Just just get on with the freaking podcast. Hey Matt, you do the research. Hanto. You do the research and then I'll go through the, the cast and crew and okay. then just return return I'm listening. Return to the podcast if you have the answer. So Domestic means what answer? Only. Okay. International means worldwide. That means worldwide. No, it doesn't. Domestic no. domestic means uh that it's like to the country that it was made in. So what I'm asking is, did this money is the the domestic <laughs> <laughs> because because Did snatch, this money <laughs> because snatch is a a uk made slash released movie is domestic related to uk no i've said this domestic is us okay we're domestic okay US so you domestic. don't have the numbers for what it made in the uk i told you 50 oh just in uk alone yeah, or UK else only. yeah that's what we're trying yes. to yes yes <laughs> yeah i don't Jeez. know Yes. What money? How much did um, it make? Oh, in the how UK? much did it make? How much did it make in Arizona? I don't know. I don't have those numbers. That's, Matt. that's a that's a totally different question. All right, Hanto, cast Hanto. and crew. Let's do it, man. Cast and crew, 2009 snatch. Please take us through it. It grossed uh 12 million one hundred thirty-seven six hundred ninety-eight GBP in the UK when it came out. Is this part so of the cast made, and crew? It made more money in the US than it made in its original it made, released country of the UK. It, it made it made thirty million in the US, but I don't know what the conversion rate is. So, do we? Know yeah, but I'm just saying Florida, it's more. The Florida numbers. Do we know how much you made in Florida? I'm just trying to stay along with everything else. Hanto, go ahead. Don't knock, your, don't knock yourself like that, Chris. Don't make fun of yourself <laughs> like that. <laughs> Why aren't you crying, Chris? You're embarrassing us. Uh cast in order of the movie's order like the credits that they do which they kind of did my job for me starring dennis farina as cousin avi uh best known probably for manhunter and then several seasons of law and order uh <clears throat> and then we got lenny james as saul uh sahara he's making a killing right now on the walking dead and fear the walking dead we got which Brad one is this which one's samara Sahara, Sahara is the uh, Sahara is the um, the movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Steve. No, Zong. no, no. Who's no? Who's this character you're talking about? Saul. I'm, Saul. I'm out of here. Saul. <laughs> Saul. Which which character was he? In oh, movie? he's like one of the three pawn shop owners. The the oh, three. Yeah, yeah. They have the dog, and it the dog eats the di- the diamond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we have Brad Pitt as Mickey, previous episode, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Then we have Robert Robbie G as Vinny, one of the other three pawn uh, pawn pawnbrokers, uh, Underworld, and 
he was apparently in Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, which we just covered back in March of this year. Uh, Benicio del Toro, Benicio del Toro, as Frankie Fourfingers, previous episode, License to Kill, and then Excess Baggage is probably what he's best known for. And then we have Jason Statham <laughs> as as Turkish. What? Do, did, I miss, did, I, did I miss one of his movies or something, Matt? You're just going to critique no, both of us in our jobs? This is all over the place. Jason well, I'm going Statham, in, I would say Jason I'm going Statham's in order. Elite. I'm going in order of the opening credits of the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, of appearance. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Adam Fogarty as Gorgeous George. He was a actually a um a a uh, former football player, like soccer player. Uh, but he okay. was in Stardust. And then he was also in uh, a Vinnie Jones movie called Mean Machine, which is a remake of the Burt Reynolds slash Longest Yard uh, with Adam Sandler. Oh, really? Wait. What? You know the Burt Reynolds Longest <laughs> Yard and Adam Sandler's remake, The Longest Yard? Yes. Mean Machine is a remake of that movie. Oh, okay. But it's, I, I think it's soccer. It's like a soccer movie. Uh, okay. We have Stephen Graham as Tommy. Uh, he actually like kind of made it, uh, like made a huge trajectory after this movie because he was in Gangs of New York, uh, Scorsese, and then uh, he was in Boardwalk Empire, which is like I think every season. Yes, Capone, he plays which is, Capone, which is a Scorsese right? produced. Yes, yeah, Scorsese executive produced uh, show on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was in Irishman uh, most recently, which is also oh, Scorsese. Yeah, he was. I was trying to figure out if it was him. I try not to look at the yeah. cast and crew when yeah. we do these movies. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's really hard when I'm watching something. I'm like, is that the same guy? He looks really Dude, he's good like, for his he, age. He's like a child in this movie, but he looks pretty yeah. much the same. Like, uh, yeah, because he's supposed until... to play Al Capone on Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. His, he's supposed he's... to be in his, but he, like, he's supposed to be in his 20s, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, As Al it's Capone. Like... Out in the show, because I watched the show, uh, yeah. it's basically like in the first episode, you get introduced as uh, introduced to Al Capone uh, yeah. as basically like an up and comer, and then like throughout the series, he becomes like a criminal kingpin, basically. Uh, yeah, what I'm awesome. saying is that he's supposed like he's like in his 20s on Boardwalk Empire, yeah. mm-hmm. and then in Snatch, he's actually in his like 20s, mm-hmm. and there's like a good 15 year gap there. I see. What you're like, saying. Dude, he looks really good for yeah. his age. Yeah. Yeah. This, this dude's awesome. Like, I always love when he pops up and stuff. He's, like, such a piece of shit and uh, Irishman, but he, like, does a yeah. great job. Great job on that in that movie. Yeah. Uh, we have Vinnie Jones as Bullet Tooth Tony. Previous episode, which is probably, like, actually, I think one of the best times I've ever had recording. Uh, previous episode, Swordfish, where we talk about uh, John Travada and that uh, dummy on the helicopter, which is, like, yeah. one of the best, I feel like, the funniest bits that we like went into this is uh, stupid but who was he in in swordfish he was like one of uh john travolta's henchmen he's the guy that oh. falls out of that bus with that passenger or the hostage and then they blow up like in the air basically it's oh, like during that last know. that last chase sequence basically uh we got mike reed as doug the head uh and then we have alan ford as Bricktop. i last saw him or most recently saw him in the Bob Hoskins movie, The Long Good Friday, which is a excellent UK crime movie. That movie, yeah, rules. I've ne- I haven't seen it. I haven't seen yeah. it. It's on my list. I, it was um, a it was a blind buy 
and a blind watch basically on arrow from arrow uk watched it and i was like this movie is underrated and bob hoskins is underappreciated i feel like this is okay the final guy you listed this is the guy who uh runs the the dog fighting yeah the guy that feeds people pigs, basically so a couple pieces of trivia for casting since we're talking about casting and you're done right yeah pretty much um Okay, so Brad. Unless Pitt, you want to hear uh, real quick, unless you want to hear my connection to from Dusseldon Three, the Hangman's daughter. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Alan Ford to David Naughton in American Werewolf in London. David Naughton to Clint Howard in Ice Cream Man. Clint Howard to Sid Haig in Three from Hell. <laughs> Sid Haig to Michael Parks in Kill Bill Volume Two. Michael Parks from Dusseldon Three, the Hangman's daughter. And there you go. There you go. And that's it. That's it for this week for Snatch. Yeah, that's it. I have nothing <laughs> um, else to say at all about this movie. Okay, trivia. So going back, the final guy you listed. Yeah, Alan Ford is his name. Alan Ford. So originally Alan Ford was a cast in this movie and Danny, or not Danny Boyle, sorry. Um, Danny uh, Boyle? Peter, Peter Boyle? Peter, no, the director. Oh, uh, Guy Ritchie. Peter Boyle. Peter well, you, said, you said Boyle, so I was like, where do you Guy Boyle this? Actor. <laughs> you Ritchie. said actor Alan Ford. I, I thought you were going for the actor Peter Boyle. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Alan okay, you Ford. Said- okay, Alan Ford. Uh, Guy Ritchie originally wanted Sean Connery to play this part. And so what he did was he set up a private screening of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels for just Sean Connery. Okay. He was really excited about it. And Sean Connery came out of the private screening and he said, he's like, yeah, that's an ex." He's like, that was an excellent movie, but you can't afford me. So he decided to turn this movie down. What a shitty shitty thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And another piece of casting, uh, Brad Pitt saw Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, loved it so much that he wanted to be in uh, Guy Ritchie's next movie. And that's how he got casted in this. Okay. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, Man, that's that's hilarious. Of uh, um, the Sean Connery, yeah, yeah. I like how he says, like, yeah, you can't afford me. It's like, geez, I guess I forgot so to, um, okay. I guess I, I guess I forgot, uh, because I actually used my old uh, uh, my old notes. I forgot to mention Raid Raid Cerveja, who plays Boris the Blade. Uh, he pops Wait, up. In okay, what's Impossible. the old notes? What do you yeah, what are old? Notes? What do you mean I, old notes? I think I I typed them up on one like a computer at first, and then I moved over my phone, and then my phone was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was like uh, several. But yeah, this like... guy, this guy was actually the uh the homeless guy that give that uh Bruce Wayne gives his jacket to in uh in uh Batman Begins, and then he sees I'm him sorry. again. Like, he sees him again in Batman Begins when he comes back as Batman. He's like, nice jacket, and then yeah, which away. guy was this? Uh, he's Boris the Blade, the guy, the bullet dodger, basically. Oh yes, yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah he like <clears throat> he gives him the jacket. I think the guy says like nice jacket or something, gives it to him, and then when he comes back to Gotham, he's a like, nice jacket, and then flies away. Yeah. And that's all I have for cast and crew. I promise that's all the right. last one. <laughs> okay, so Snatch is one of those movies where it's gonna be hard to like talk about because there's so much going on. It's very fast-paced. Yes. There's like these three characters are doing this, and then this happens, and this happens. There's a lot of interconnect connected stories that are jumping back and forth with lots of crazy transitions, you know, like spinning well, around. And it's just like it's like Guy Ritchie, just cool it and tell your story, please. 
So it what is. if we did this? Yeah. What if we do, we break it up by story, but we break it up by actor. Because there's obviously like a Benicia Del Toro story. Yeah, which is, there's I mean, Brad that could Pitt be the story. beginning. Yeah, it could be the, just the entire beginning. You know what I mean? So let's just talk about the Benicia Del Toro stuff first. I don't know. Okay. So Benicia Del Toro. He's Frankie he, Fourfingers. Yeah, we're gonna have to work on this one together because it is, yeah, it is a lot of, yeah. A hey, lot that's of why there's, that's why there's three of us. Don't worry about it. Oh, thanks. Okay, so let's talk about Del Toro's thing. Because well, let's talk about the basis of this movie because it's yeah. all about a diamond. It, I feel like it doesn't have is so it's the, the main premise is this diamond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's all these stories that kind of like stem off of like Brad Pitt's story and yeah. whatever. Um, because basically it is um Jason Statham's movie, right? Are we on a grand yeah, I, I would yeah. assume that he's the main character. Think, he's the yeah, one that like yeah. links all the characters yeah. together. I think he interacts with pretty much everybody at some point, except for the three uh, thieves that work at the pawn shop. I guess he sees them at the very end, but that's about he it. He sees them at the end, yeah. but he never interacts yeah. with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead. We'll spawn off from Jason Statham and how they were connected. Let's start like with him as like the head and kind of go off because Jason okay. Statham's character is. I mean, he's not like a bookie. He's a boxing. He's a, bo- he's a boxing promoter. Yeah. Yeah, and. The whole premise for him is that he has this fighter that's going to fight. Um, man, it is. It's hard to like so connect because it's. He's a boxing promoter that has this character named Gorgeous George, who's the guy that's in the uh, the remake of Longest Yard. Uh, okay. He basically has him slated to fight Bricktop, who's like the lead gangster in this movie. He has him slated to fight his fighter, but like to fall in the fourth round, I think. So it's like a fixed fight. But then in the process, because he's got to get a caravan, which is like to do the promoting. So they go to get a per, uh, the caravan from Brad Pitt, but Brad Pitt ends up basically knocking out the dude or hor- basically breaking his jaw so he can't fight anymore. And that's kind of like yes. how they get linked to the uh, the the pikey is what they refer to him. Okay. Yeah. And dude, Brad Pitt's whole thing, because Brad Pitt is supposed to play a gypsy. Yeah. And his character is supposed to be like inaudible and oh, i turned yeah. it off the yeah. first time i watched it because i could not understand it therefore i didn't feel like i was in on the joke i felt like i don't want to say it was pretentious but like i'm trying to follow this story and i don't know what this character is saying and it's funny but if i can't understand it i feel yeah. like i'm losing this movie you know mm-hmm. what i mean well i guess like this all stems from guy Ritchie getting so much shit uh from reviewers from doing lock, stock, and two smoking barrels because like nobody could understand what those characters were talking. Really? They're speaking like real thick, like yeah. London accents. Um, so speaking of um, Batman Begins, they I guess they're going going kind of like the Christopher Nolan route of like inaudible movies. You can't where you can't understand the dialogue. Yeah, you got to right. pay attention extra hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even with subtitles, it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I so, do. Yeah, so the subtitles made it more enjoyable though with yeah, Brad Pitt's yeah. character. Yeah. Yes. So Brad Pitt's character is supposed to be inaudible. You're not supposed to understand him. It's supposed to be an in joke. That's, that's in a, a joke that's, because even yeah. even uh even um Jason Statham and uh, Stephen Graham they can't understand like what he's saying basically. Yeah. yeah. But it's still hard to follow a movie when you're like, am I supposed to be understanding him? Or like, am I supposed? To, are these plot points that he's telling me? Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, getting yeah. this joke. But with subtitles, it was funnier, and I did enjoy it more. So, yes, yeah, subtitles throughout this entire movie. Um, yeah, Brad I'm Pitt, used to this, though. I feel like – let's talk about subtitles for a second. Because, like, do you guys mostly watch movies with subtitles? 
we've, we've brought yeah. this up before on the podcast. Yeah, I, I typically will watch with subtitles on. Okay. Because it depends. Like, it depends. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of these – now, Chris, you can break this down better for, like, the understanding of it, but somebody told you about why you can't understand stuff on Netflix and you always have to watch it with subtitles, right? So you go ahead and explain that. Okay, so part of the reason is a lot of people's stereos are two-channel stereos. So you have two speakers. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff is filmed – or it's recorded – sorry, it's presented in 5.1. Mm-hmm. So then you have these speakers for everything, but you don't have a speaker for your main uh, – your um, dialogue. Center, center channel should be like your dialogue, and then yes. the rest should be kind of your sound effects or music or, or blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know. But then if you don't have that set up, then it gets filtered to the rest of the speakers. Yeah. And so when you're watching something and explodes and it's really loud and then it goes back to talking, it's really quiet. Yeah. So you turn it up to hear the dialogue and then the explosion happens. And it gets really loud again. So you're playing this cat and mouse game with the, the remote. Yeah. So, uh, I think the same actually applies to uh, speaking of this, like Hulu ads, because like uh, when, you know, you're watching the movie, you have it at a certain level, then like, the uh when it gets to the ad or the commercial i feel like the audio like spikes up is that kind of the same or is that like a different oh i don't know i don't know maybe they just maybe their ads are in like 2.0 maybe either way it's annoying annoying. (laughs) it's the difference between mono and 5.1 right so it's like and it's the difference between whatever you whatever the movie was like they're presenting it in recorded or and what your stereos are at home, like your stereo setup is at home. Yeah, it's so not mono, but two two channel setup. A two channel. Um, and it, like, you'll notice a difference. Like one of the best things Matt ever pointed out for me is all like the Screen Factory Blu-rays that come out. They all have a two point channel mm-hmm. um, option on there. Does yeah, it actually so, does make a difference if you? Yes, very much so. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So I always but, check now when I'm watching movies because I don't have a three. I have a two speaker setup. Yeah, and I, every I time do. I watch a movie now, I can go straight to the audio setup and see if there's a 2.0 option because it does. Yeah. It, it, it makes it so it's like you can now watch it and be like, I don't have to like go up and down. With, yeah. I, we all, all three of us live in an apartment, so we're always watching sa- like our sound levels. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the sound levels if you're if you got 2.0. The 2.0, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah. the actual. So flip. we watch a lot of stuff yeah. on subtitles. So mm, yes. that's why I asked you guys like, do you guys watch stuff on subtitles? Yeah, it just depends. I watch subtitles when I when I go to bed. That way, I don't have to like have the volume like blasting, but I can yeah. still understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but as far as the movie's concerned, like going back to the Brad Pitt thing, I think he is the best part of this movie. Um, I yes. like um, I like uh, what's his name? Uh, Dennis Freena. He's my favorite favorite part of this movie. Yeah. yeah, I think he's hilarious. He's probably the funniest part, and he's the one I can understand the most throughout. <laughs> like me i i honestly i like the three thieves the most uh and i like i think brad pitt takes this movie jason statham is really like just one level throughout one this entire note, movie basically yeah, yeah I every feel time like, he um, even talks he doesn't like elucidating he's just kind of like it's just like the same exact like monotone voice from beginning of the movie to the end of the movie yeah. Which I don't know if that's on purpose or not. Like, I'm not going to knock him for it. I don't think it's bad acting or anything like that, but... I just wonder, like, watching this movie, I wonder what his career would have been like if he didn't, like, start getting into the action genre. Because I feel like mm-hmm. after this movie, he did The Transporter, which is a Luke Besson movie. 
And that really kind of like sprung him forward into like as an action star, uh, you know, Expendables, uh, Crank and Fast and Furious and all that stuff. But like, if that didn't happen, like what would he, would this have been just like a one hit wonder or I guess two hit wonder because he did Lockstock before this, but like, would he have done other stuff? If he wasn't in the action, it's maybe? honestly it's like him and Vin Diesel. Yeah, I feel yeah. like was, they have like the same career trajectory where they both yeah. like start off kind of doing like same uh, Ryan for Vin like, Diesel. Yeah, like dramas and stuff, and like Chris, you seen Vin Diesel's commercial? Yeah. <laughs> what was Vin Diesel's uh, independent movie that he made? Oh man, you watched while. it. Yeah. Um, man. Uh, but he made it, it and Spielberg but... saw it and casted him in Saving Private Ryan because okay. of it. yeah. But yeah, it's like awesome. kind of like he's awesome. In, like a... uh, he's awesome in Saving Private Ryan, and I guess he yeah. did do that like courtroom drama or courtroom comedy drama. Uh, Not guilty. Finally, oh, guilty. the Sydney Lamette one. Yeah, the Sydney Lamette yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so like he did. Do but he couple... tried to do that stuff. Yeah. And like the same thing with like Statham, and then once they did like Pitch Black and Transporter. They were yeah. both like, okay, this is where my career is going. But that Find Me Guilty one like came out after the Fast and Furious movies. He did a did movie, uh, going back to Vin Diesel, he did a movie that he directed, wrote, and starred in called Strays, which I never saw. I think that's probably the one. It's a crime. His first. Yeah, yeah it was like, like his first thing that he did. Yeah, yeah you saw that, um, Chris, right? Yeah, I don't remember much about it, but I did see it back in the day. But um, um, yeah, I would like to see Jason Statham take some more dramatic roles. That would be cool to see. Um, because I think Dude, he does, he has the acting chops for it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I liked him a lot in um, uh, what's that Melissa, Melissa McCartney movie? Oh, Spy, Spy, is it just Dude. Spy? Dude, yeah. he's, he's hilarious in that yeah, movie, he's the best yeah. part in Spy. Yeah, I, I uh, caught that. I thought it looked dumb as hell, but like, watch it, I was like, this is actually kind of like pretty good. <laughs> that movie's yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. very he's good. the best part of it, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, so okay, to, oh good. Go no, go into it, Chris. So where are we okay, at? So going back to the movie, um, just because it's easier just to talk about characters as opposed to that. So Jason Statham and his like sidekick, um, or not really his sidekick. I it's guess this is buddy that works with him. Yeah. So they set up this fight, and Brad Pitt ends up fighting him, and it's supposed to be like the rigged fight, like you said. Yeah. Brad Pitt fights him, knocks him out immediately. So now like Brad Pitt yeah. is going to be their fighter. Um, and actually, and there's actually a few creepy scenes, like when Jason Statham goes to tell his boss that his fighter's not fighting anymore and Brad Pitt's going to fight. Like, it's kind of a creepy scene because he's like surrounded by like all these henchmen. Mm-hmm. And then like he's like training these dogs to just be like brutal as hell and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now Brad Pitt is going to be their guy. He's like the new guy. And then I think they wanted to basically fall in the fourth, similar to what the other guy was supposed to do uh, or i guess he was supposed to do it in this round in this fight but he ended up not going to do that but yeah he's supposed to, to make uh he wants brad pitt to basically take a fall for basically fix basically in order to fix the fight and and what i think might be the funniest scene in the movie is brad pitt does this fight and he's like taking punches left and right and like you got to punch back so he does one punch and the guy falls down and brad pitt kind of looks at him like like the way he does it is yeah. really like Whoops. it's that Brad Pitt charm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, 
actually okay so this movie takes a completely different turn i know i'm kind of like scattered right that's fine to talk yeah, about. i mean this whole um, entire movie is like yeah. scattered so yeah but you have kind of like a light-hearted like somewhat light-hearted like crime heist benicio del toro is gonna like gamble the diamond away or something i, I will and say then, i actually uh i actually appreciated these opening uh not the opening credits where they introduce each character, but like the opening credits as far as like directed by Guy Ritchie starring, you know, mm-hmm. uh, blah, 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 because it's all told through the uh, perspective of a security camera or multiple, yeah, it's really neat. multiple security cameras. And you're actually like tracking each TV and their progress to go to this, uh, this basically this jewelry store, I think. But uh, you're getting conversation and then you're also getting like text on the security cameras, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Too. I like the credits, yeah. Um, but the movie kind of takes a turn, and I haven't seen a movie in a while that I mean, I don't want to say it without giving anything away with other movies, but it has like a turn in the middle when Brad Pitt's mother gets yeah. killed yeah. and their caravan gets set on fire and she dies. Like it becomes a different movie at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. So or at like, least, like they're almost yeah. like playing like Eastern European like folk song like with the little guitar and it's like really like you know witty and we're having fun mm-hmm. doing this crime heist you know and then like that happens and you're like oh my god and it's playing like Massive Attack in the background and you're just like oh man this is kind of depressing yeah it gets kind of real very fast yeah. um, and then it leads into an awesome scene when Brad Pitt is fighting that guy and then Brad Pitt like gets hit and he kind of like goes underwater very in the boxing ring very stylish because i think uh correct me if i'm wrong but guy Ritchie was a big music video director oh was he i think oh uh, i don't know okay that I might be right i know he did madonna stuff right yeah, yeah you're he, he, date, he dated yeah he dated madonna i forgot yeah, guy Ritchie. One movie right he did swept away with madonna i think that's what he you're did he did yeah it was yeah that movie he that, did yeah. Um, um but yeah he, he did like um yeah, I, I guess I thought he was a big music video guy. He only did like one music video in the nine in the nineties, and then did Lock Sock was his first feature. Snatch was the second one, but yeah, he did okay. yeah. a couple here and there. Um, okay, I know we're jumping all around, but yeah, let's talk about this boxing. This is the final boxing scene in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I really, really dig this boxing scene. I, I would say this: like, I'm not a huge fan of Guy Ritchie when it comes to Snatch and mm-hmm. Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. I really like the Sherlock movies. Yeah, they're pretty I think fun. He did a good, a good job with the Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah, and I'm, I would like to watch a third one if they end up making it. Um, That'd be cool. Um, but they do a really cool boxing scene in the first Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, and I feel like this boxing scene is pretty damn close. It's like to the, that. it's almost like the test reel to get him the funding yes. to do the Sherlock Holmes fight, basically. Yeah, because I totally dig that. Like when he gets knocked out and it just goes right into the water. I think it's really yeah. cool. See, I like yeah. um, I like the special effects and the editing and all that stuff. Uh, in this scene alone, I mm. hate it. I hate it when they're doing it throughout the movie, where it's like cutting real fast. You got like uh, you know, the the screens flipping around as they're like doing quick, quick scenes yeah. right there. But like, kind of dated, kind of dated. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, dated. I remember liking this a lot when I was a kid, but like watching it now, I was like, man, I this is like this movie has like. It has like a sugar high or something where I'm just like I'm like having a hard time like paying attention because of everything that's going on. But I do like yeah in this scene where he's getting knocked out a bunch or getting hit a bunch and it's doing like the the crazy sounds, like the frames are stopping. 
you know, and then like that where he gets uppercutted and then flies like slow mo into the the water, like excellent stuff in this movie. Yeah, I think it's really neat. And I'll tell you what, and, and it's it's a bummer when someone does something to a movie and then it gets dated and it's yeah. not on their end at all. It's just one of those things that just I mean, because yeah. it does, it almost looks like a PowerPoint presentation it really where like does. it spins around yeah. like or you have like the, the the scene coming up from off screen and it's like <laughs> You got like bullets um, popping up, like whoop, whoop. it is. It's unfortunate because it's like uh, we just covered Matrix on yeah. the podcast a couple months ago, and um, this is something that like it's why you can't really like in filmmaking you really can't do fad stuff. Yeah, stuff that's like, like popping up and it's like, oh, this is really cool. I'm gonna try or, doing the same thing because it dates it. Because everybody who copied the Matrix style after the Matrix looks really dated now like sort because like it just didn't take off yeah it like didn't swordfish? take off yeah like, uh after like the people thought right, so it's like right. it's it sucks to sit there and say like you should only make a movie by like the simple like like the simple edits yeah you know yeah, yeah. but it, it feels like it's the one that what there's, like there's always the there's, and, there's always that director like that one director who comes out with a hit and then everyone has to follow suit because, you know, it made a bunch of money. Everyone loves it. So you got to keep making that same style. So like, you know, you said the matrix, which is the Wachowskis, everyone kind of started following like the 360 slow-mo, you know, yeah, whatever. Then you got like Quentin Tarantino with like Reservoir Dog and Pulp Fiction. You have uh people following that with like their witty crime dialogue and it's like not really hitting you know as much so there's always there's always yeah that director that one director does it well and then the ones that follow basically in the footsteps that was the problem with tarantino because like when he took like a a three-year hiatus between pulp fiction jackie brown yeah and then kill bill came out like i think three years after that or yeah four years after that so yeah it was that he like left this giant window for so many Quentin Tarantino um, imitators, uh, posers that ever all yeah posers that all <laughs> made these and like honestly, Guy Ritchie, like yeah, this, no, this is Snatch Snatch is very Pulp Fictiony. Yeah, if Paul if if Snatch was broken up into three stories, yeah, like solid stories instead of edited all over the place, yeah, you'd be like, oh, this is a rip off of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but because yeah. it's spread out, you don't notice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is good on him. But yeah. like there's a lot of like what you're saying, like witty crime movies that came out and imitators that were like, I want to do what Tarantino's doing. And that by the time when Tarantino came back around, like I don't think it was as exciting as like it should have been. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, Yeah, you left this huge window for people to copy what you do. Yeah. Um I will give all, I will that's give why probably he didn't do pulp fiction yeah. after you know, after Jackie Brown, like yeah. I will give it to Quentin Tarantino though, but he he at least switched up his genres like to different, you know, yeah. different different genres with different, you know, other kind of stylistic techniques that kind of follow. So like, you know, yes. He had reservoir dogs all you know all took place in one location. Then he upped it by doing pulp fiction multiple stories uh all over LA with different perspectives or whatever. And then he did like Jackie Brown, which was like a straight crime movie pretty much mm-hmm. for the most part kill bill just like an action samurai movie with some anime here and there but yeah it's just like yeah 
you know, he's able to at least like change it up a little bit, but like, and that's what I'm saying is that like, if he would have like after Jackie Brown, if he would have came back four years later and did another crime movie, yeah, I don't think people would have gave a shit. It about been, it. I think they would have been like, yeah, you're, yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, but I think that's also the good thing with Guy Ritchie is that Guy Ritchie was like, okay, I'm not just gonna do crime movies. Yeah. Like, I know my majority of stuff is gonna do crime stuff, but like, I'm not gonna just keep doing snatch yeah and lock stock and smoking barrels over he, and over he followed it up with swept away which was critically panned yes and, yeah and he went back to the crime genre with revolver and rock and rolla that's yeah. like dude some, i like rock and rolla i, I only saw it once it. it was like years like um i don't like maybe 2010, 2010. Been, i only remember hardy it was tom hardy right yeah yeah uh he was not the star but he was a character like a he was in it, yeah, yeah. I think um, which one actually uh Gerard, Go ahead, Chris. Gerard Butler. That's right. He's the main. Um, actually, Matt, you kind of said something that made me look at this movie differently. I kind of wish it had been broken down the segments by character. It would have been better. I, I, yeah, I think I, and it's not like it's one of those things where it's like too late. Like you can easily edit this. Well, I don't know how easy it would be, get the, but you could try to edit it into segments. Get the, uh, the Topher Grace edit of Snatch. I think we might have something. Get yeah. Topher on the phone, man. Uh, you know like, about honestly, Topher Grace. You know about Topher Grace's edits, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I heard it's okay. nothing yeah. but cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, saying, no, because the diamond has nothing to do with the movie. It's almost like, like it, the. It's uh, only one story of the movie. It's almost like the one that starts the. It, it's the one that basically bookends this entire movie, basically. But like, yeah, it's, yeah but it's it's, it's weird awesome because those characters. But those characters have like no interaction with the other characters in the movie until the very end. The pawn shop. Uh, owners or whatever or yeah like, like dennis farina has no yeah. interaction with it's like there's two sto- okay it's like there's two stories going on in this movie there's the diamond story yeah. and then there's the, the uh the fight story and those are the two stories that are going on everything else like fits into those stories right uh yeah for like, the most part. Yeah, yeah yeah but yeah, like I they're mean, all like, tied because it's anything? all like i think both the fighting and the diamond are linked to i can't remember who exactly but they're both it's so hard. I've seen this movie so many times, but it's so hard to like remember the plot details because I think it's just yeah. so all over the place. Yeah. Like I've seriously seen this movie like a lot of times. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen this, but like I can almost quote parts of this movie because I've seen it so many times, but I still can't like recall or recount the like the actual events of the movie. Um so if okay, well, let's do this then. I know we're not at the beginning of the podcast anymore, we're halfway through. So I would say we're talk, more than halfway through. Oh yeah. What if we talk about like what do you guys think of these two stories, the fight story and the diamond story? So what do you think of the diamond story? It's good. <laughs> okay, what <laughs> do you think of the fight story? It's good too. I like them both. All right. That's snatch. <laughs> Thanks, Marshall. Um I actually I think <laughs> I like our, our viewer Marshall for this pick. Yeah. Um no, I uh, think I think I find the 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 diamond aspect of the story of this movie better than the fighting to be honest there's more characters yeah. i like more yeah more interactions with characters on that side of the uh the side of snatch than the diamond or the okay. fighting i'm gonna go opposite you and i like the fighting story a little bit more me too i'm gonna go on that too yeah, why? Just because, because, why just because of brad pitt's story i mean yeah. if this would have been like a brad pitt vehicle or like, okay, say if the movie just starred Jason Statham, 
co-starring Brad Pitt. Yeah. And it was their story. That, I think that'd be really cool. That actually might be pretty awesome. Yeah. I think just by so, itself. Um, I like both stories. I just, I was more invested in the fight story. I think I just like all yeah. the, uh, how much violence occurs with this diamond and like slapstick comedy that like, there's so many, uh, just with Dennis Farina alone, there's so many like, uh, one-liners that are like actually kind of laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just so much stuff that happens and so much like, uh, you know, just by the end of the movie, like pretty much everyone dies, I think, except for Dennis Farina and the pawn shop owners, like, yeah, pretty much. Literally, everyone dies trying to go after yeah. this diamond. You know. Um, yeah. I was, of, I was gonna... Sorry, Chris. You got your question. Not so much a question, but more of um, a, a scene I really enjoyed was when Jason Statham goes to talk to Brad Pitt, and they're doing that whole thing with the dog chasing the rabbit. Yeah. And then you have the correlation yes. of the guy being chased by the. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was cool. Chasing. I, I do Very like cool the, scene. Yeah, Very I do. Like, I actually do like the soundtrack. Uh, to this yes, movie. Um, yes. I like the. It's not like a. I don't even think it's like a score. It's just all various artists. You got like Massive Attack. Um, you got. I can't remember who does like the Golden Brown song, which I think is like a '60s song. Oh, uh, um, I can look it up really quick. Keep going. Yeah. but there's a lot of cool like sequences playing the songs, and it like makes it enjoyable to like listen to. But I do like the um, like the uh, symmetry between the dog chasing the rabbit and it's playing that like techno song, and then you got the uh, I think it's Vinny, yeah, Golden Brown, yeah, the Stranglers, Stranglers, the Stranglers, okay. yeah. I think that's a I think that's a '60s song, but um, yeah, I like I'm the pretty um, sure it's 60s. I like where it's like cutting back and forth. And it's got the dog and the rabbit, and then it cuts to I think it's Vinny. He's the getaway driver for the yeah. uh, uh, the pawn shop owners uh 1981 by the way 1981 okay wow that's actually like yeah i didn't think that was like an 80s me neither um but yeah music good in this movie yeah the music's good i think the editing is really cool i think guy Ritchie has some really cool editing stuff i know you guys aren't like uh crazy on board with some of the edits i mean it's not like it's like home improvement edits where like a football comes at the screen (laughs) and like breaks and it's like, like huh? yeah, you know, yeah. like diamond. And Tim Diamond's Allen's head come through a house. Is that Yoda? Yeah. Um. So I, I think some of the editing's cool. I like yeah. how I will say this. I like how the movie. Uh, it's like cohesively. If the movie was straight, like if it was three separate stories or two yeah. separate stories, it wouldn't make any sense. But the way it's edited and like weaved that you kind of like keep watching it and to see what's going to happen in next and every other story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I like, I, I felt like after I got done watching it, I was trying to find the correlation in between both of the stories. And I was like, okay, what is this movie trying to say where it's like one story is about boxing, one story is about a diamond. Like, yeah. What what is it trying to say by with both stories? And what do you guys think it's trying to say? I don't know if it has anything to say. I feel like it's just a story intertwined or, stories. It's saying more themes. I'm sorry. It doesn't I'm not saying it says something like politically. It's saying, I'm saying it says uh, something like theme-wise. Like what's the theme between I think the uh, correlating theme between both stories? I think Guy Ritchie's trying to say, don't go to London. 
<laughs> yeah. Nice. What do you have to declare? Um, I don't know if I see a, a correlating, and I'm not just saying it just to like not answer your question, but I can't think of what the theme, the running theme, would be. Um, I think Honestly, it's just you gotta, more. Of, I think it's just a bunch of. Random I, think it, I mean, I think it's literally just. Story. Like, I think it's literally just greed because uh, you know everyone's trying to go after this diamond, and most of them result in getting killed in some way, shape, yeah. or form. And then you got Bricktop, who's trying to like he's desperately trying to throw this fight so he can make some money for his like his clients or whatever the hell, and he keeps making the mistake of betting on the pikey or you know making the pikey fight for him. He should have just taken that loss in the beginning and then just moved on from it. But yeah, he's just too greedy, trying to get that fight to uh, get thrown, and then ends yeah. up basically getting his head blown off. And it's awesome. Because I hate to like I hate to say how simple like a simple theme of like oh well it's crime. But yeah. like maybe it's like they're all, they're both get rich quick schemes. I mean, you know, yeah, like I feel a like diamond. That's prime in a like, nutshell, it's like let's rob this bank and, yeah. and make, make you know have the perfect score and make a ton of money, and that's ultimately what happens with Frankie Fourfingers, is he robs his bank, decides to make a bet, and ends up getting killed basically, or you know mm-hmm. he ends up getting kidnapped, killed. It's like a whole chain reaction of like. Oh, maybe I can make some money off this because I think what ultimately links the stories together is Frankie Fourfingers gets this diamond, learns about the boxing match, wants to go bet on it, and then ends up getting kidnapped because he has the diamond. Yeah, but yeah, so because I guess like when I got done watching the movie, I was trying to figure out like why these two stories, like why like like I think that's my I mean, like, it literally could the, be the, anything the else. But I, think I walked it, away with at the end of the movie. Um, I just think it makes sense because Frankie Fourfingers is is kind of the anchor yeah. of what brings them two together because he's a he's the guy that run that ultimately robs the diamond and is in charge with taking it back to New York to Dennis Farina, but then gets caught up in the whole gambling scene of London, and then that's basically forcing Dennis Farina to come over. You know, so it's basically Frankie Fourfingers betting. He's too greedy. What about and I, I? This is a random trivia point, but everybody who dies in this movie dies off screen. Yeah, like no, nobody, nobody dies on screen. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. it's actually very true. Like very everyone great. who gets okay. shot or whatever gets shot off screen. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Which okay. I do like when uh the bullet bullet Boris the bullet dodger is like off screen saying like uh he's like I can't remember what he's saying, but he's in like kept saying like fuck you, and then keeps like. And he just keeps shooting yeah. him, you know, and it's like really funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that joke, but it goes on a little bit too long for me. Oh, I, I think yeah. it's yeah, it's a solid joke, but it does it like it's, I, I feel like it's like a fifteen minute scene, but whatever, well, you know, still a really good scene. Yeah. Um. So let's talk. It's kind of kind of wrap up the movie here, and because a lot happens in this last like 15, 20 minutes, but. And it's like one of those things that so much is going on that they even like replay scenes because this happened. This character was in this. You need to watch this again. And there's like characters jumping out of trunks and they're getting hit yeah. by cars. And like, it's a lot going on. Um, Hanto, you're pretty good at summarizing. At least for this movie, you've been good at kind of cool. walking us through. Okay, cool. Wow, man. Well, I'll, Way to throw I'll, your job at Hanto. Well, no. Okay, I'll do it. Hanto, I'll do clean it. this up. Go ahead and clean this up. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> um uh, David Schwimmer gets the 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 diamond, and uh, they win. They they win the game. What is going on right now? <laughs> no, so it pretty much the whole movie is just nothing but chaos. This last like 15, 20 minutes, 
uh, you have a dog who has yeah. swallowed the diamond. The dog goes off screen. Uh, the pawn shop guys know about it. And then um, I think uh, the dog eats the diamond. And then I think Dennis Freena starts shooting wildly. And then yeah. actually shoots uh, um, bullet tooth Tony. Vinny Jones. Tony the bullet tooth, uh, whatever. Uh, oh, I did. Tony yeah, the bullet tooth Tony. <laughs> yeah, Tony the bullet tooth Tony in the head. And then he dies off screen. And then it hard cuts to um, uh, Dennis Freena basically you know, chugging the vodka, taking the pills. Getting the uh the passport stamp and it's like, do you have anything to declare? He says, Yeah, don't go to London, which is awesome. I, I love it. I do, I do laugh at that. I, I did laugh. But I love I the like first, that. I love the first introduction. It still cracks me up to this day. Best line of the movie when he's like, I'm coming to London. And then he says, Abby, he's like, sit down and shut up, you big bald fudge. And uh <laughs> it's very, very funny. Cause I know exactly, uh, yeah. Really quick, at the end of this episode, I've got a fun question to ask you guys. So remind me to ask you. Off podcast. Okay. Yeah. All right. Off podcast. <laughs> Off pod- yeah. A sexy, fun question. <laughs> About snatch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it pretty much wraps up. Um, how does Brad Pitt's character kind of end up at the end? He He wins the fight, gets the motor, the, the caravan. Uh, kills Bricktop, gets his revenge on the entire gang. Basically, they all, I think they all get killed. And then the next day when uh, Turkish and Tommy go to like greet them, they've abandoned. They're all gone. Like, Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And And then then at that point, I think um, Tommy basically catches the dog that escaped and realizes it doesn't realize that the diamond's in that dog because he's eventually going to poo it out, you know, at some point. But as they're driving away, they pass by the uh, the pawn shop owners who are getting arrested because they have, um, I think, Boris the Blade's body in the trunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They right? said it's missing. It they're like, do you, do you know why this arm arm is missing? Oh, no, it's Frankie Fourfingers. Yeah, yeah, it's Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it basically yeah. bookends. You know, it bookends with Frankie Fourfingers basically stealing the diamond. And then ends with him basically resulting in their, you know, their arrest. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they end up taking the dog to the vet, and uh, they had a, the dog had a squeaker in its stomach and a diamond. And then they yeah. take the diamond back to um, the diamond dealer at the beginning of the movie, who is dealing with Doug, Doug Dennis, Dennis. Yeah, with Dennis Farina. Yeah. And uh, then they're like, then Dennis Farina flies back to london to like reclaim the diamond oh so he does come and, back yeah so which i don't know if like it makes me question what happens to jason satham like at the end of this movie does he do they get paid off or do they get killed i don't, I don't think they get, i don't think they get killed because yeah. bricktop's dead bricktop and the whole gang are uh they're all dead yeah but they, i mean it's like stolen goods it's not their diamond it's like i mean i feel like oh, the no, question it was, is like i mean the diamond got diamond? ended up getting back to doug and uh avi it's not like they knew that they stole the diamond they had a stolen diamond yeah. they got it because the dog ate it you know okay i think they're okay. yeah I think they're, al- I think they're alive and well you know what that's fine they have a, that's fine they live a long, you win you win that's the way they live a long and happy life yeah well my movie ends like brazil yeah. There's oh, all. dude, I just watched that movie. Dude, I just watched that movie. That movie. Not the love conquers dude, all. That movie is depressing. I that movie yeah. is very depressing. Yeah, that ending so sucks. That ending ruins that movie. 
the ending is kind of like on a good trajectory and then the ending happened like the credits and you're like man that was not fun no it kind of goes into a really cool place and it was going to be one of my favorite movies and the ending kind of ruins it there's controversy between the ending because there's the love conquers all ending that was released in the u.s yeah and then the original british ending i watched the original like english ending i've seen both or european ending i guess yeah and uh I was a little disappointed by the European ending. I kind of wish I would have watched the Love Conquers All ending. Yeah. Dad, Marshall, thanks for uh, requesting Brazil. Uh, we'll yeah, what is going on? With. We'll so be that back. was Snatch <laughs> from 2001. Um, Man, I, I can't wait for, quick, okay. real, real quick, I can't wait for like people to like look on YouTube or whatever, like, oh, cool, like Snatch. Nobody's talked about that movie in like 21 years. I got to listen to this. And then we're like talking about Brazil at the end for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, God. And, you know what's uh, odd about this from, movie? And from Dustle Dawn, the hangman's daughter. Yeah, that, that'll be trending after this episode. <laughs> um, two things. One, very odd. I didn't realize it until now. Uh, no real female characters in this movie. There's, no. the twins, there's the twins that are uh, oh, I forgot about the, the daughters of Doug the head or whatever. And then, uh, no, yeah. but I feel like Chris is on it, though. Like, that's right, man. Like, there's no female. There's really no female characters in the movie. There's like some. I wouldn't there's even like call side them, characters. There's yeah, background, I wouldn't even call them like, supporting characters. I'd call them background, yeah. background characters. Like I don't even think there's like female like uh actors in uh Lockstock either. I think it's all male. Is there really? I haven't sure, seen Lockstock yeah. in a long time, so yeah. Okay. And then my question, real quick, before we go ahead and rate this. Yeah. Do you see this? As, and I, Matt already kind of brought it up. Do you see this as a Tarantino ripoff? I know that's something that's been talked about before. I don't. Um, I don't. Okay. Yes. You do. Yeah, I do. I see. I mean, I mean, to the point where the beginning, when I, it's intentional, though, it's not like a ripoff where it's like they're trying to fuck him over. Yeah. Like it's like an intentional like homage, I guess. Um, to the point where in the beginning of the movie, Benicio del Toro is walking in dressed up as a um and sorry in the diamond heist he's dressed up as a um rabbi rabbi and along with like three other guys that are dressed up like rabbis i think it's three yeah it's three um and they're all talking about madonna but they're talking about madonna in the sense of like yeah and it's a literal nod to reservoir dogs like very the opening okay so that's intentional so it's like i think i uh i think guy Ritchie is being intentional when it comes to um uh his nods yeah his nod to Tarantino. yeah my i changed my mind it well, they, um, they, they, no, no it does it, no it totally yeah. does it makes sense yeah no i think yeah. i i agree with that yeah yeah and i think it's fine I, I still think it's a it's a it's a good flick um despite its obvious influences yeah yeah. I, think, I think ultimately it is good uh, for me since I've seen it so many times and like uh, it just kind of the value has decreased over time, I think. Okay, I understand that. So um, so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and rate and review this movie. And so it has a 74 on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll go first. I will give it a... See, now I get the basic because you give like Friday 13th Part 5 like a 25 percent and so okay the, Gopher, and, and man, this, is it better or worse than friday the 13th part 
five. Oh, I think it's very obvious it's better than part five. Can you imagine if you uh, had a review, uh, a review chain like you're you're a reviewer and you're a reviewer that bases movies off of Friday Thirteenth Part Five, <laughs> and that's all it is. You're like, and at the end of the year review, you talk, get done talking about the movie, you're like, but I think it might be better than Friday Thirteenth Part Five. <laughs> like, <laughs> tune in next oh, well, week. <laughs> well, duh. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the fifty-five percent. Um, I think it's a fine movie. I wasn't bored. It didn't feel like a chore. I didn't love yeah. it, but I was entertained the entire time. 55%. I think it's okay. good movie. So, okay. Matt, Matt, what do you got? I'm going to go with a 60%. I feel oh, like... Wow. I, I thought you were going to go like in the teens. So did oh, I. No, I'm, not, I'm not a dick. I <laughs> know. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, refer oh, to the I, earlier in the episode. Yeah, when you're trying to make I me cry. Like there's, there's, yeah, when we're talking about domestic, the definition of domestic. Um, but like, I feel like there's good elements in the story. I feel like it's one screenplay away from being a better movie. And I only say that because I wish the two stories were more connected. Yeah, and that the it's, diamond, it's the diamond confusing. story really has nothing to do with the movie. Up it's the only thing that drives the violence pretty much. That's like the yeah. really only driving force, you know? Yeah, I feel like the diamond only is like the diamond story is only there for the payoff at the end, and I yeah. hate that. And I kind of wish it was more like interconnected, like these guys were like working with each Fighting, other. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like I wanted to walk away with the the themes more. Like, like I, I feel like I wanted to walk away with like knowing the themes of the movie more. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what is it? What is the connection between the the two stories outside mm-hmm. of just you know like. Why are you telling me these two stories? That's what I wanted to walk away with. So I would okay. say 60%. Okay. And Hanzo. Man, I feel like when I watched this as a kid, uh, it was like in the like four-star territory, but this is definitely like three stars, like a 60%. Okay. Um, yeah, I think like, again, the story's kind of muddled. Uh, to I mean, like I, I mentioned again, uh, like I've seen this movie a ton of times, but I still have trouble like trying to find the connecting, like the interlinked portion okay. of the two stories, basically. But I will give it like the cast is like pretty great. It's kind of an all-star cast, you know. And I do feel like there are some pretty quirk, you know, some good quirks to the dialogue and whatnot that it keeps my my uh my uh I'm pretty engaged throughout the movie. Okay. Yeah. Music. That's a good, yeah. Music. Awesome. Editing. Uh, keep it. Tone it down on the flashiness. You know, make it kind of more. Uh, um, you know, a little bit more legit. But uh, yeah, I think there's there's certain aspects that don't really age well with this movie. So sixty percent. So okay. Yeah. So I, it sounds like we all like it. We don't love it, but it's worth yeah. watch. Okay. Yeah. Marshall, thank you for that uh, request. Yeah, uh, we, we have one more request. Well, actually, we got kind of two. What well, we have one more request, and then we have a request slash transition to a brand new month. And in so, September. yeah, in September. So for our last like absolute listener request month, we have from Nate, L.A. Confidential, starring uh, who's the girl from Eight Mile? Um, um Brittany Murphy. Can- Kim, ba- Kim Basinger. We're starting and, LA starring Brittany Murphy. There we go. Yeah. Uh, it's Kim Basinger and Russell Crowe. I've heard nothing but good things about this movie. I have not seen it. Uh, I know you guys both have. 
So, yeah, we talked about this on our Christmas episode. And we mentioned it in the last episode, I think. Really? <laughs> we, yeah, I referenced the chair, the chair break in this movie, which is infamous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this movie is like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, this is like a this is like a top tier movie for me. Cool. Way to spoil this. Yeah, this will be my refer to my Christmas episode. Refer the Christmas episode where I probably mentioned the same the same thing. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what were you saying? Uh, this would be the second time watching this movie. I'm like looking forward wow. to watching it. Is it streaming anywhere? It is. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, I'm gonna look it up really quick for viewers, so that in case they want to watch it with us. Okay. Um, so, so anyways, keep, so- keep going, Chris. So that'll go ahead and uh, wrap up the uh, month of August for our listener requests. Um, if you have any more further requests, please hit us up on Facebook or you can email us at cinemacultpodcast at gmail.com. And just to let you know that uh, upcoming months, we have September, which is back to school month. We have October, which is Stephen King month. We have November, which is James Bond month. We'll do the new James Bond. And I'm assuming we're probably going to do the Ghostbusters, I would hope. And December will be our mixed bag of horror slash Christmas movies that we always do. And that'll wrap up the rest yeah. of the year. And uh, Matt, did you uh, find out if it's streaming anywhere? Uh, no, my phone died and it looks oh like my streaming God. It's, it is streaming on Tubi or Pluto. Uh, so if you have 15 hours to spare uh, to watch this movie, uh, you can watch on those two uh, platforms. Dude, here's my, okay. Here's Matt, my we were so close to the TV. end. We were done. Real quick, this is actually, this is actually no. good. This is good. This is good. This I think. is my advertisement for Tubi. Yeah. Tubi is the future of streaming. <laughs> if you haven't downloaded Tubi yet, movies with commercial breaks, imagine yes. the future. <laughs> if you can get past the commercial breaks, I'm not, okay, I'm not getting paid by Tubi, but if you can get past the commercial breaks, there's a lot of great hidden gems on Tubi. I will say, I will, I will admit, there's some, there's a pretty good collection on there. I, yeah. I'm like really excited about it. So, yeah. So if you're looking for some weird 90s straight to video horror there's some, film, there's some weird this stuff October? on there. Yeah. There's some weird stuff on there. Yeah. The other day I watched uh, Meridian with Cheryl uh, and Finn from okay. uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah. What, it was what, a full moon pictures movie. Oh, you know, right? you're in yeah. for a treat when it's full moon pictures. Yeah. It was okay. But <laughs> it was like, I was like, you know what? This isn't streaming anywhere except for Tubi. Tubi. So, so if you have continued. If you have any requests for the upcoming <laughs> months, you can hit us up. Um, and thank you for listening. We love doing this. We hope you love listening to it. I'm Chris. Hold what on. Do, what else you got for Pluto? TR2B. Hold on. Matt, I what told is you guys going on. on. I, have a, I have a question for you. Listeners, if question. you're wondering okay. why there's 10 minutes left in the podcast, is because Hanto. Matt keeps asking questions. No, this was a fun question. You, you told me to come up with fun questions. I got fun, I got fun questions. Yeah, like two years ago, Hunter, and this is your first one. Yeah, you're taking this as this making it longer than it needs to be. He does All bring right. up a good point. Hanto, the characters in this movie, rattle off some of the gangster characters in this movie. Uh, Doug the Head, Bolt Tooth Tony, Boris the Blade. Uh, okay. What, what do so you a common trend brick top, brick top. in gangster films Dick Tracy is to is to have uh like these nicknames okay what would your nicknames be oh if you were a gangster Chris the podcaster so, see you next week 
What? Um, no. Um, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, um, bastard, you answer this question. Like, I feel like Hanta would be Hanta the hot dog. Because <laughs> I just love eating hot dogs. Yeah. He's a hot dog. Mm. He's like got a hot temper. It's like that. It's like that. And he's a dog on, off uh, the leash, you know. It's like, like that's, hot that's, dog. It's like that's. It's because I. I can't. I. It's like that sketch in. Uh, I think you should leave. I have hot dogs up my sleeves all the time. Yeah, Maybe there you go. Lunch. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. I might say to that Chris, niche. That those niche viewers that watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Chris, the cooler brother. Or Chris, the Christmas tree. Or Matt the Bob Bob Dracula, Bob Dracula. <laughs> yeah, that's stu- yeah, man. He'll suck your blood. It sounds like a, like a, like a prostitute. Well, well, hey there, neighbor. I was gonna suck your blood. <laughs> I'm, I'm Bob Dracula. <laughs> I'm Bobby Dracula. Um, I'm Bobby Dracula. <laughs> man, I wish you would have. I wish you you would have asked this at the beginning of the podcast oh, very good think, yes think throughout but uh since you caught me i just hard, thought of it at the end lucky well, for you do your research next time because i don't think you're gonna you answer do me what's do your me, stupid name dude it's I, okay easiest way to do it is you just do the initial of your first name so honto h honto hot dog like chris christmas tree well, matt what is not my real matt name viewers surprise it's not my real name so oh. Oh, we just got disconnected. <laughs> oh, wait, that doesn't make any sense. That was stupid. Um, um, I don't know. Give me so one. You, um, do me. What is your name? Oh, I already Matt, asked you. It's Matt. Do me. <laughs> Matt, do me. <laughs> do me. Matt, do me. <laughs> oh, the prostitute thing again. <laughs> he's a, he's a, a man of the streets. <laughs> Uh... I'm a man on the street. I don't know why I sound desperate. It's really like I'm painting a picture here, and like yeah, you really are. Matt, um... uh, Matt do me. <laughs> Matt, do me, Bob Dracula. God. Uh, um, yeah, I don't Matt, know. Matt, Maybe Matt, I'll. Hot... What's that? Matt. Matt Hot Dog Junior. What? What? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just trying to play the game. Matt Hamburger. Uh. Matt Cup. Here I got it. Oh. I wear this hat and I'm top build. Oh, Matt Top. Oh, that's Honto Top Bill. Yeah, top that's pretty Honto. good. Watch out. Yeah. He's coming down the street. He's got the top bill. That's pretty good. He's pretty my good. number. He's my number one guy. Top bill. Top bill. Yeah. You got me. You got me. <laughs> you got me for one day only because I'm top bill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, like Chris. I'm Sean Connery. I'm top bill. You can't afford me. Nice. <laughs> maybe uh chris jo- chris john wick too that's that's they call me what <laughs> chris john wick too <laughs> more like chris milk money <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's trying to get us to cover milk money all the Man, time this guy, you don't want to talk to him this guy's this guy's this guy collects the milk money he's he's such a bully chris, chris milk money <laughs> What a dated <laughs> reference. Is there there's no such thing as milk money anymore? <laughs> hey, collects Maybe, milk I money. I don't know. Going to the He's grocery Chris, store. Chris the bookie. He collects milk money. Oh milk shit. money, Chris. Oh man. Yeah, he's, he's bad good. news. You gotta watch out. Yeah, watch out for his number one man, top bill. Top, top bill, and bill milk top money. bill, milk money. And and, <laughs> and Chris Jack Reacher and, part two. And and Matt Doomy. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right, fun question. <laughs> cool. Wow. All right, so here we. This is how we end the podcast. We end the podcast <laughs> with our gangster names. All right. So Chris, go ahead. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We love doing this. We hope you love listening to it. I'm Chris Milk Money. I'm Matt Doomy. <laughs> and I'm Top Bill. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I think the guy says like nice jacket or something, gives it to him. And then when he comes back to Gotham, he's a nice jacket and then flies away. Yeah. And that's all I have for cast and crew. I promise that's the last one. (laughs) Chris, you, uh, Chris Chris disappeared forever. Chris, Chris froze. That was his, uh, that was his excuse to get off the podcast. There we go. God, this has to stay in. <laughs> what are you taking a picture of? Dude, it's okay because uh, because for like five minutes, this was all I saw. Hold on. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. Oh my <laughs> this god. Okay. This is great. I think, a, I think an old lady being like, this is Chris, the grandson. Are you, <laughs> are you tired, buddy? <laughs>